Hello, everyone. I'm Richard Roberts, and welcome to the Expect a Miracle podcast. And I'm praying and believing that everything that we say and do today on this podcast will not only be a blessing, but bring healing, health, wholeness, and strength to you in every area of your life. My very special guest today is Bishop Donald Battle who is from the greater Atlanta area with a tremendous ministry there at Divine Faith Ministries International. I'm excited for you to hear him. I wanna have him talk not only about what has, is happening now in the greater Atlanta area, but how he got from where he was as a police officer in Savannah, Georgia and a detective in Atlanta, how he got from there over to where he is now. Bishop Battle, God bless you and welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to be with you, Richard. You are such a great blessing. I'm so proud of what God is doing in your life and what God has done through the history of your family. And you know what? I, I'm excited. When you call and say, can you join me on this podcast? I said, anytime, whatever time. So I'm excited. Thank <laughs> well, you for letting me be on here. Thank you. And special love and greetings to your beautiful wife, Gwen, who I had the privilege of eating catfish with the last time I was with you in Atlanta. <laughs> and also your, your three beautiful daughters and all them involved in your ministry. Tell me, Bishop, uh, after 30 years now of pastoring, how did you get started, though, when you were a police officer in Savannah, Georgia? You know, I was in Savannah. I've always believed, Richard, I was called to pastor uh, in a little Methodist church when I was a kid, saying my Easter speech. I don't know. I felt that God had touched me and a little old lady in the back of my little Methodist church there put all, I didn't know what it was, put all on my hands and put something on my face and said, little boy, you called to preach. <laughs> but I ran from that most of my adult years sure. and got into Savannah, got into the ministry and I mean, into policing. I was a, a soldier and I joined the Savannah Police Department. And then I moved to Atlanta in less, in less than one year. And for 13 years, I Police Atlanta from street cop to detective. Yes. I was a street uh, detective. I was in uh, crime against persons, females, rapes, child molestations, pretty tough stuff. And yes. I was one of the nation's uh, leaders in that investigation. They almost what you would call a professional uh, witness for that because I studied and went to school, went to, went to uh, Georgia State University, got my degree, went on to a seminary. And God started calling me into ministry. I felt my calling there at the police department. I felt as I would deal with victims uh, that I felt more, needing more. And I started seeking. And God called me and I started the church in 1990 in my living room. Now, was that a difficult switch to go from police detective work into the ministry? I actually believe that it's similar, you know, that, that I believe there are many, many policemen who are saved, who love the Lord. Uh, and uh, it was not discouraged, uh, things that I would do there. We had a chaplain ministry there that they would come around, and so mm -hmm. I would talk to them. And so, no, I, I, I felt like I was already ministering and pastoring my victims at times. Now, you started small. You started small. You started small. in your living room. Oh, God, living room. My daughters was my praise team and choir. My <laughs> wife was my administrator. Uh, and my sisters uh, were uh, my uh, elders and deacons. And yes, sir, we started in my living room and it grew. It, I, it was just a Bible study and it grew, Richard, so quickly uh, because I had already started getting involved with God. I had went on a training 
and it's, it, it, it grew so quickly. I bought a little building, a little red frame church, uh, country church in Jonesboro, Georgia, and with with no pews in it. It had been this. It, it was a school. They had turned into a school. Nothing there. Window air conditions. Uh, and started that church. Started in the first Sunday of September, 1990, and uh, that's been an amazing journey since then. Now here's, your dad. Here's a man. Th- here's a man who started with absolutely nothing. Who has built a ministry with some 8,000 members now. This is such an encouragement, Bishop, to those right now who say, I feel I have a call of God in my life to do something, but I don't have anything. I don't have any resources. But if you just launch out, then God can help take you to the place he wants you to go. So very true, Richard. I think you have to, if you call, God will justify you. And I start seeking counsel. I I told you, I, I know everything taped from your dad. I would watch broadcasters of him and his healing services and, and the things he did at ORU, how, how he walked on that ground in Tulsa there with you yes. as a little boy, stood there and cried out to God to build a university. You know, pretty much he probably didn't even know where the heart was a university was, you know. <laughs> That's right. And, and God used him to do great things. He uses ordinary people to do great things. And then I start seeking and counsel and studying and traveling and start seeking a mentor. I believe the secret is getting with somebody. My first one was Cruffalo A. Dollar Jr. who became a mentor to me. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it became a great old preacher in Columbus, Ohio, Rod Parsley, who trained me, who I became very connected to his ministry for many, many, many years. I would be traveling with him and people would hear me People calling me pastor, and they said, wait a minute, you pastor, but you his armor bearer. And I said, well, Elijah was it with Elijah. Uh, Paul and Barnabas, uh, I'm here serving so that I may receive. And I believe I got double that anointing. And, and then it kept growing. We now have three campuses, just closed one campus, but we have three campuses in Atlanta, north, south, and, uh, and east uh, in Atlanta that God used that, and instead of growing. Instead of growing. Now, you still have a feeding program through your Joseph Warehouse. Is that correct? We just, Richard, we done fed so many people during this pandemic. We have drive-throughs. Talk a little bit about that, Bishop. We, we, I just believe if you're doing the work of the Lord, I was hungry and you fed me. I was naked, you clothed me. And so our work in Joseph Warehouse is that Joseph had enough to feed everybody during the pandemic, during the, during the uh, starvation, during the, uh, Yes. Problem with the famine. And so we do, we partner with Atlanta's uh, Food Bank. We do it every, we didn't just start during the pandemic. We have a Joseph Warehouse with yes. a five or six trailers out there that's loaded with food, that's loaded with clothing. Joseph Warehouse has been in every storm. We go to Birmingham. We just, I was just talking to some people in Alabama when we came there during the tornado. We was there with tractor trailers of food and water and clothing. And so during this pandemic, we've been having drive-throughs where you drive through, you put it in your trunk of your car, we take care, we have beds, we have um, furniture that we give to people. We've sent people all types of medicine um, because of what they can do. So Joseph Warehouse is that type of ministry and it operates weekly. Now you also have a number of churches that look to you as their spiritual father in an international covenant of churches. Can you talk a little bit about that in those churches that are a part of your ministry, both both near and far? I, as I said, I think a man with authority is under authority. 
Yes. And I, I start looking among me to find men of like faith. And God called me in around 13, 14 years ago to start a fellowship. I was Pastor Rob Parsley's uh, international director of mm -hmm. his, his fellowship. And so I started that. And one day, Richard, I was walking around and I was discouraged. I was building a big building and I didn't have enough funds coming in. And I was discouraged and I said, uh, I, I need some help. I need to talk to somebody. And the Lord showed me all the names. Your your number is in my phone book. Yes. Uh, Parsley, Benny Hinn, all these people. And he said, now think about it. You have all those people you can call. There are people out there who have no one they can call. And so I want you to start a fellowship where mostly small pastors, small churches come underneath you and you train them and love on them, be a father to some, a mentor to some. To some, you're just a friend. And we now have churches all over the world. We have conferences. I have my own Bible uh, school so they can take classes and training. We have, um, they're part of Joseph Warehouse. Uh, when the storms hit, they sow into our fellowship and we travel around the world. I've learned if I can't make it happen myself, get with somebody who making it happen. Now, let me ask you this question. What do you wish you had known back in 1990 when you started this Divine Faith Ministries? What do you wish you had known then that you know now? Wow. Good question. Good question. You know, I lately I've been very involved in the shift of America, you know, and uh, I kind of wish sometimes that I had a little bit more knowledge of really how people think and live and and how to bridge people. I've always been a bridge, uh, Richard. I, you know, lately I was uh, talked about a gentleman in Plains, Georgia, near Plains, Georgia. His name was Jacobs, I believe. He had a farm called Conanea Farms. Mm -hmm. Conanea Farms was a place, a sort of a commune. He was a preacher. He took from the book of Acts where everybody distributed and everybody ate. Well, that's right next to Jimmy Carter where he was yes. uh, raised in Americas and how much trouble he went through trying to create a ministry for all people with black people, white people sitting at the same table, poor, wealthy. The gentleman that built Habitat for Humanities was a part of that ministry. And your dad was one of those people that he was just like him who went out there and let people in Birmingham sit and together and worship during a time when that wasn't accepted than a time that would have cost him his life. And I think I'm more of that now. I wish I had been a little bit better back in the, in the 90s. Uh, and I wish I had done a couple of things differently, but I'm glad now, there ain't too many things, I'll be honest with you, that I didn't do. I think I did pretty much everything right. Uh, and and now I just wish I had a, wish I had known a little bit more of what God will do in major ministry. Well, do you do you wish you had done anything different? You know, I I I I read where you needed a mentor. I found me one. Mm -hmm. Do not despise small beginnings. Uh, I didn't despise small beginnings. I I start feeding people, helping people. I went down to the mission. <laughs> My first group of men came from the Atlanta Union Mission, uh, where I used to go and look for suspects. Uh, and I said, <laughs> God, I need some men. He said, take your van and go pick up the men at the mission. And I went into the mission and got men there. So I don't I don't know too many things that I, I did 
didn't do wrong. I was a little harsh, I think. Uh, not as sensitive to sometimes when we're preaching. There are a couple of messages I might probably want to get back if I could, uh, because you learn as you go. Um, but I think I'm a little bit more compassionate now. I think I'm more understanding. I, I was preaching, Richard. I, I, I spoke about when I saw America changing. And I'm excited about the change. When I saw, I saw people believing together when the Black Lives Matter thing took place during the summer, I saw whites and blacks and walking together, even though I didn't like some of the destruction that took sure. place. But but I saw unity. And then I saw this rage come. And I'll be honest with you, I got discouraged because I've been a bridge. My my pastor is of a white persuasion. My ministry, I've always lived in a, a multicultural neighborhoods. I've always went to multicultural functions. And I didn't understand why they didn't want the progression. And I started speaking. I preached a message about there's more of us than it is of them. And what that means is we all believe together. And I saw that changing. Even though what I saw in Washington, I still believe Americans believe in the love for one another. I still believe that there's more people who want us to advance and for all types of people to come together than they are to separate. I still believe that. Bishop, I believe with all my heart what you're saying. Uh, someone asked me during all that time you were referring to, uh, Richard, uh, how, how would you go about, if you were president of the United States, how would you go about helping to solve some of the racial issues in our country? And I said, the, the answer will come from the Bible. And I believe all the answers come from the Bible. Jesus said, if you love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then you love your neighbor as you love yourself, you'll get along pretty well. You better believe it. I believe that. Bishop, what are some of the happiest moments in your life? Of course, marrying that sweet little girl out of high school. <laughs> uh, in the 11th grade we met, uh, that was probably one of the happiest days of my life. Of course, getting saved, you know, accepting Jesus as my Lord and Savior. In a little Baptist church, with a preacher preaching and hooping to me, I got saved. And who says that hooping don't work and do? And my children, the birth of my children, my girls, you know, and- uh, Now they're part of your ministry. Oh yes, my daughter's a preacher. My oldest daughter, she gets more invitations than me. <laughs> well, that's what it's supposed to. Yeah, she's preaching all over the world. And Richard, she just, she's single and believing God for her husband, one of these, but right now she's adopted three foster kids and she took them in. She only wanted one, found out there was a family. And she said, okay, I'll take all three. Now you gotta understand, she has never had any kids. And now she has three kids and she's adopting them and uh, and preaching and still finishing up her education at the same time. Well, then my daughter, my youngest daughter has two boys and my middle daughter has five, four boys and one girl. Well, the offspring is supposed to spring higher than what it sprung off of. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's, that makes sense. I, I, I'm excited about that. I'm thanking God for them. I got a good family. I yeah. got I, yeah, my family. Um, and meeting people like you and and Rod Parsley and Benny Hinn and, you know, the King. I'm very, very close to the King family. Meeting meeting people who I used to watch on TV and, and do things. Yeah, it, that's exciting to me. I think it's it makes me valuable. I think my friends make me more valuable than who I am. 
Bishop, if you could write your own life story, how would you like to be remembered? You know, Richard, I was raised by a single parent. I come from the housing projects of Birmingham. Um, so don't they can't say that a single parent can raise a child that has standards and morals. And um, I would like to be remembered as a man. You know, it says that you need to leave the world better than what you found. Yes. And I, I want to be one of those people that left the world a little bit better than how he found it, that he friended everybody. I don't think I have an enemy. There might be some folks that don't like me, um, but I don't have an enemy and I don't hate people. Um, so I want to thank like Dr. King, be remembered as I, I tried to love somebody and I tried to help those along the way to find their way. Bishop, there are people that are watching as well as listening right now, some by video, some just by audio. Uh, would you, as a pastor for all these many years coming out of the law enforcement arena, would you pray over the needs of people right now? And then I'll pray after you pray. I'm honored to do so, Richard. Father, we, we come this afternoon, and I thank God, first of all, for Richard and what God has done in his lives. I know what it takes to walk in faith, to be the trailblazers. I know what it is, but he lives, and I've walked in that arena. So first of all, I lift up Richard. I lift up his family and all that God has done, his DNA, what happens in his father, and all the things they did. His dad did leave the world better than he found it. And so, Father, now we pray for those listening, those pastors. This is a challenging time for pastors. I've seen pastors resign in record numbers. But I believe, God, that the best is yet to come. I believe that God is about to restore the years that the locusts and cankerworm has taken from us. I read where the Bible says that when Moses told Aaron to go grab the incense off the altar and run between the living and the dead and prayed unto God and the plague stopped. And I believe God will come through this time of this plague. And I'm praying now that the vaccine is great. Thank God for medicine. Thank God for doctors. But you're the one, God. You said, if my people was called by my name, humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins. And I will heal the land. And so, God, we're asking that you heal the land. We believe that we can pray together. And whatever we pray, it happens in this world. Nothing is impossible to you. Nothing is too hard for you to do. We lift up those in the body. We lift up other nations together. We lift up this new time, new day. We've come through the fire, but we don't smell like smoke. I believe that when they're struggling now with finances, that God will supply our needs. And God, I pray for America. I pray for this United States of America. As I walked through the Capitol years ago, I saw when they built the Capitol during the Civil War, Lincoln put on a plaque there where he built it because he could see across the Potomac River. He was letting them know that after this, there will be a place of unity, that the United States would survive. And I believe God, America. And so as I stand today with this great man of God on this podcast, I believe 
that you're healing and the best days for America is yet to come. The salvation, the harvest is plenteous. Now send us laborers, Lord. Send us laborers like Richard Roberts. Send us laborers like Benny Hinn and other great ministers of God, great women of God. Send us people like that. Send us horsemen, for we run with footmen and they have wearied us. Now God send us horsemen. And let them know, God, that there's a need for the gospel. That until the world hears the message of Jesus, then the end will come. So I thank you for the new times. I thank you for the new days. I thank you, Lord, that we're ready to step into our next level, that we can see the greatness of God in this hour. I speak healing to everybody, every person with any kind of ailment. I speak the healing powers of God. And as Richard Dad would say, this computer, this television set, they are now, as they put their hands on it, that, that contact place, that point will go forth in them. And I believe, I was with a man and I called Richard Roberts on the phone who they thought was gone. I was in his hospital room and I called Richard. And he prayed. And that young man is now married. That young man now, God, is working and doing great things there in Claremont, Florida. I was sick one time. They took me to the hospital. Didn't know what was wrong with me. And my wife called Richard Roberts. And he prayed for me right down that phone. And in less than a day, they were releasing me from the hospital. In less than eight days, I was preaching in the Ivory Coast of Africa. So I thank you for us today that whatever's out there needing, God is able with the two of us to agreeing and touching that it is done in Jesus' name. Amen. Bishop Battle, thank you for that prayer. And my friend, I pray over you today as you watch this podcast. The Bible says, if two shall agree on earth as concerning anything that they shall ask, it shall be done by my Father in heaven. So I set my faith with Bishop Battle and with you. Yeah. Satan, I bind you in the name of Jesus. The Bible says, whatever I bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever I loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So I bind the devil's power. I pray for your healing today in your spirit, in your mind, in your body, in your family, in your finances, in your relationships, in your emotions, in every area of your life, from the crown of your head even unto the soles of your feet. And I command Satan to take his hands, his filthy hands, off of you in the name of Jesus. And I send the healing word of God to you according to Psalm 107 verse 20, which says, He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. And so I set my faith with Bishop Donald Battle, and I set it with you. And I believe, God, for something good to uh, happen to you in yeah. the name of Jesus. I yeah. pray this in faith, yes. in his name, amen and amen. amen. Praise God. Amen. Bishop Battle, thank you so much for being my very special guest today. God bless you, and tune in next week for another very special guest on Expect a Miracle with Richard Roberts. God bless you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Expect a Miracle with Richard Roberts. Please share with your friends on social media and help spread the healing, saving good news of Jesus with others. 
And if you need prayer, go to oralroberts.com slash prayer or call the prayer group at 918-495-7777. We believe God wants you healed and whole in all areas of your life.